With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kia ora and welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host Helen Brahms from Cruise Planners. And I am super excited today because I have a very special guest on our show today. Today we're going to be talking about how to travel with a service dog, which is... Um, Something that some people don't know about when they just get um, when they first get their service dog, they don't know about travelling with them, what they can do, that sort of thing. So, as my guest today, I have Sandy Sandler, who is the inventor and owner of the amazing Bodabra, and this thing is great if you want to make beautiful ribbons, hair pieces, all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, where you need bows for um, for gifts, for hair, like I said, hair pieces, all sorts of things. And Sandy does a lot of international and domestic travel um, with her service dog as she's going around doing promotions for the Bodabra, doing TV appearances, sales, marketing, all of that sort of thing. So she is a very worldwide traveler, has a beautiful dog, and we will find out more about her service dog in a moment. But Sandy, welcome to today's show. Thank you, Helen. It's so awesome to be here. Well, it is a, pl- a pleasure and a privilege to have you on our show, so thank you very much for taking time out of your day to appear on the show. So tell us um, a little bit. So let's introduce um, Vivi to everybody. Who is Vivi and what does she do? Vivi is the most amazing dog. She's a white Siberian husky, and she is a she serves two purposes for me. Um, I have um, very severe social anxiety disorder and agoraphobia. And Vivi is a trained psychiatric service dog um, as opposed to an emotional service dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really quickly, the difference is that an emotional dog doesn't have to be trained, and it's a dog that people just bring with them. Vivi was trained for almost two years on um, – she has both seizure training, and so if, someone, if someone's having a seizure, or for me, um, I also have ulcerative colitis, and when I get – when my electrolytes get really off, Vivi can warn me about 15, 20 minutes before I need to take them, which can literally make the difference of me ending up in the hospital. And as far as my social anxiety disorder, Vivi can, she knows when I'm anxious and she will, um, like, put herself right next to me or she'll pull me through a crowd or she'll pull me away from a situation that she feels that I'm uncomfortable with. That so is pretty so amazing. Awesome. I have actually yeah. seen her in action, and she is not only is she a gorgeous dog to look at, she has the most amazing personality. And I love dogs, and she's got one of the best personalities ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really blessed to have her. It was it was just a gift when I needed Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Now you do a lot of business travel, as we said in the introduction, both internationally and domestically, and Vivi travels with you all the time. So when you're going through something like, for example, TSA, how do you get a service dog through TSA? What Do you have to have certain documentation? What's the procedure that you have to go through to take her through the TSA security checks? 
Well, with TSA, I don't really have to have the documentation, but I have to have it to get on the airplane. So you have okay. to make sure you have to make sure before you travel to contact the airline and find out what sort of requirements they have. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people unfortunately will say that their dog is an emotional service dog and they just get a prescription from their doctor that says that their dog is an emotional service dog, but their dog's not trained. And the airlines are really starting to crack down on that. They're getting a lot more specific in asking, you know, how what your dog, how your dog um, serves you, you know, what does your dog do for you? And okay. me, I've already, you know, I just stated what she does for me. And that, so it's very important that you check with the airline as to what their rules are. If your dog is small, you can bring your dog on the plane. You just have to pay for your dog. Um, yeah. And then there's no requirements or rules. You just have to keep your dog in their little kennel. Um, mm-hmm. With Vivi, I have all the paperwork from the place that trained her, plus I have um, a note from my doctor saying that I have a chronic medical condition that I need to have Vivi with me at all times. And every every I always check with the airline before I travel because it's really important. The last thing that you want is to get to the airport and have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's like the number one thing I do. When we get to TSA, Vivi is so good. I mean, we travel so much. Vivi knows the routine down pat. So we go through, we, we get to TSA and um you know, I, I put everything on, and I actually, because I don't want her to beat and cause any problems, I actually take her collar and her leash off of her. I will walk through. Now, we go through the metal. We don't go through the big x-ray machine. We go mm-hmm. through the old-fashioned machine. So what okay. happens is I will tell Vivi to sit. I'll walk through, and then she'll come through after me. And I think I told you this story, but it, I'll repeat it. It's very funny. <laughs> Um, and she's used to doing this, so it's like a it's a no brain, you know. It's, yep. We just do it. She's got it down. And the other day I was traveling, and I went through, and I beat. So I had to turn around and walk back through, and then walk, and Vivi followed me, and we did our routine again. We went back through, and I beeped again. Came back to it. Turned out my phone was in my pocket, and Vivi's <laughs> looking at me like, "Mom, <laughs> you totally don't get the routine and how we're supposed to do it." <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, I can just see her giving you that look too. <laughs> oh, and you know, the funniest thing, the funniest thing was somebody came up to me when I was getting my bag and he said, that is the best trained dog I've ever seen. I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and he joked about how she was looking at me like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right. We don't usually do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, so that's basically, TSA is for us is pretty easy, but you just want to, you kind of just want to prepare your, your dog. Like if with a, if you have a service dog, um, as far as you just sort of want to make sure that you know, you, you're, if your dog is a trained service dog, they're going to know how to do things. And, yeah. and it's going to be very easy to get them through security. Now, one of the things I was... Um, which is interesting you said that you take her leash and her collar off her to go through the detector because one of the things that I was reading in preparation for today's show was um, 
that they want you to have control of your dog at all times and that you hang on to the leash, you go through the detector, then your dog comes through behind you. Yes, the thing's going to beep because they're obviously on a leash. Um, but you maintain control of that leash at all times because they, um, they say you should never be, um, no agent should ever separate you from your dog and that you ought to maintain that leash. But you're not allowed to touch your dog until the dog has been cleared by security. Right. Do you find that the case when you go through? That is the case. The only difference is because I travel so much, I would find that Vivi's leash would beep. Yep. So in order to, and her collar has metal on it. So, the, so in order to just eliminate all of that extra pat down and all of that, mm-hmm. I just take, and Vivi is so well trained that I just take it off of her. She follows me through, and, and then once we get through security, I can touch her because she's gone through security fine. Okay. And then she doesn't beat. So it, it's mm-hmm. never been a problem, like, ever, um, just because she's so well-trained. And it saves us. It, I just don't want Vivi to have to be pat down. It just it, <laughs> Then you have to wait, and it becomes a little bit of an issue. It's easier, yeah. it's easier to just... Um, just let her follow me through, and she's so good that it that no one's ever said. And it's not like I'm not in control of her. I am, yeah, because mm-hmm. she obeys me even if she's off leash. Now, if your yeah. dog is not it isn't that way, then of course you don't want your dog off leash. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, you've got to know how well trained your dog is before you can even take them off the leash. So once you get through security, what's the next thing that you do? Once, you, once you've gone through um, security, you've cleared security, what's the next thing that you do um, with the V well, in order to prepare to get on the plane? Well, can I actually go, take, go back one step? Absolutely. Um, the, the first thing that I do when, I, it, when I'm going to go anywhere is I, I find out where the pet relief area is. And so what I do is I go and I check in, and then after I've checked in and I have my boarding pass, before I go through security, I take Vivi out to the pet relief area so she has one last chance before mm-hmm. we head through security to, you know, go to the bathroom. Yep. So, and then I go up and go through security. Okay. And so you do that beforehand. Because I know some people will do the pet relief thing after they've gone through security if they can find where in the airport it is. Yeah, it's very, there are very few airports that actually have a pet relief area inside of security. Okay. That's a good um, thing I to know. So then make sure you go beforehand so you don't have that problem once you're past security. Right. Now, there are some airports that are putting them in. I know that Dallas has one. Um, oh, my gosh. Denver had one. But we got in there, and it smelled so horrible. <sighs> Vivi was pull- I was trying to take a picture of it, and Vivi was pulling me out. Like, I want nothing to do with this place. <laughs> Dogs have feelings too. <laughs> oh no! I mean, it had the worst ammonia smell I've ever. It was really bad, and it was a brand new one. And I don't think that they really had it down. Um, having yep. said that, it's amazing that they actually put one in. It's like a little. They basically transformed, I think, a, a family companion bathroom into okay. a pet relief area. Um, and I think it's in the B. D, either B or D gates. It's basically the United Terminal in Denver. 
and which is phenomenal to have a pet relief area in the airport. But absolutely. Um, but so you can. What I do before I travel, if I'm going to an airport that I'm unfamiliar with, is I will pull up the airport um, information. So, for instance, mm-hmm. if you're going to Denver, you want to go to the the Denver International Airport website and then check and, and, you know, search pet relief area. And if you can't find it, then you can email the um, airport itself and ask them where the pet relief areas are located, which I have done in the past. Yeah, Um, so it pays to do the homework before you go. Oh, a thousand percent. (laughs) Definitely, because the last thing you want to do is get off an airplane and be like, and know that your dog needs to go and not know where to take her or him. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so we've been through the pet relief area, we've been through security. Now what do you do once you get on the other side of security and um, you're getting ready to board the plane or getting, or heading to the gate? Um, I, try to, I try to go to the gate um, first thing and speak to the gate agent and arrange for us to early board. Okay. Um, Vivi, on most airplane airlines, it, it's not a problem, but Vivi is a larger dog because she's a Siberian Husky. So mm-hmm. for her, the best seat for us is a bulkhead window because that gives okay. her more room to to sit. And and she can totally fit in a bulkhead on any plane. So um, on, and I mean, on the only airline where you, know, you can't pick your seat would be like Southwest. And Southwest is, they're amazing. They just take really good care of us. They are always, they tell me that they can totally tell Vivi is a real service dog versus, you know, a dog that's not a trained service dog. Mm-hmm. And they will go out of their way to get us a bulkhead window. Oh, awesome. Um, yes. And, um, you know, a lot. some of the airlines save bulkhead windows for service dogs. You just have to double check, and most airlines will have a service dog desk that you can call before getting, you know, before when you make your reservation. Mm-hmm. And so I will always check seating charts and check with the airline before I even make my reservation to be certain that we can get a bulkhead window. Excellent. That's good to know that they um, that they have that facility available, have the service dog desk available for when you're um, reserving your tickets. That's always a good thing to know about too. Um, right. Always call the airline and double check. Yes. Okay. So you've spoke with the gate agent, and do you always get early boarding, or is there times that you have to go in with with the general boarding time, or are they are you able to get I have early boarding? Always- no, I've always been able to get early boarding. The only time where I don't get early boarding is if we're late <laughs> getting to the game. <laughs> well, I guess that's an understandable reason for not getting early boarding. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then once so. you, once you're on the plane, so she sleeps. So she basically sleeps at your feet. Are there any um, are there any things that you've learned? In all of your travel, because I know you've done a lot of traveling, and all the times you've been traveling, what have you learned to do and don't the do's and don'ts with Vivi when you're fly, when you're actually in flight? Because there's a difference between a domestic flight and an international, based on the number of hours. There could be different layovers, stopovers, that sort of thing. So how do you deal with um, with Vivi and her needs while you're doing these long distance flights or even just domestic flights? 
that have layovers yep. and stopovers? Well, well, there's a couple little things that I do which make a big difference is I have a blanket that's Vivi's blanket. And the first thing I do when I get on the plane is I put Vivi's blanket down in the space that Vivi's supposed to stay. So Mm -hmm. if we get upgraded to first class, the blanket gets spread out a little bit more. If we're in coach and she only has a certain amount of space, her blanket only takes up that space. And she knows that she has to stay on that blanket so she doesn't interfere with the person in the seat next to us. Okay. And I I also have a pillow because she likes her pillows. And so I always bring a little pillow. Oh, one time I forgot her pillow, and oh my gosh, I felt so bad the whole flight. Oh no! It was, was she giving you that mum? You I, you forgot my pillow look. Well, she just couldn't get comfortable, and it was so sad. Aww. So I always have a pillow for her and her blanket, so that way she knows exactly where she's going to sit. Um, and there are certain planes that have better, like for instance, United. In their premier seating, um, mm-hmm. which I get upgraded to because I'm a, I'm a, right now I think I'm a platinum United flyer, but you, so I get it for free, but it would be well worth paying the extra 30, whatever it is, because she gets, she gets the seat, it's a bulkhead and there's a wall there, but the wall doesn't go all the way down, so it goes all the way underneath um, the first class seat. So it gives okay. her a lot more room in a coach environment mm-hmm. and it's um I'll say a funny story I was I was on the plane and because we early board um she was there and you could only see her body you could but you couldn't see her head or her legs or anything <laughs> and you know where this is going the people sitting next to me sat down and you know we took off and we were in the air for maybe 15 20 minutes and Vivi like moved and the man's like, oh, my gosh, that's alive. I thought that was just like a foot <laughs> pillow. <laughs> now, when flying with Sylvie, have you ever had anybody sit down next to you who's been afraid of dogs? No. Um, okay. No, I've had, I've had this, oh, my gosh, the cutest was this little girl that just came over and started cuddling with her and laying with her on the floor, which is really oh, no. cute. Busy <laughs> um, would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never had a problem, um, and you know, occasionally there'll be somebody that's allergic, but I've yeah. never had that issue on the plane itself. But like okay. maybe in the lounge, and someone might be allergic or something like that. And I always keep her extremely well groomed, and mm-hmm. so it we've never I've never had a problem with that. But I'm quite, I'm very aware of it. And I, and when the day before we're ever going to take a flight, I, ha, I always have her have a bath and be brushed. Okay, just to help get rid of that extra fur. Because if if your dog is anything like my dog, they blow their coat and it comes out in clumps. And because uh, they've got that, Vivi they they have that under out. fur. No, exactly. And Vivi, Vivi doesn't yep. come out in clumps, but it comes out like little hairs at a time. So, you know, I try to be as as good a pet owner as I possibly can so that it doesn't affect people, like, sitting next to me. That's awesome. Yeah, Gus has the double coat, so he's got that that underlay, which is that very, very soft, um, cuddly type of fur that's underneath. And when he blows his coat, um, it 
you can literally pull it, you can literally pull that undercoat out in handfuls of fur. So we have to get that furminator out and use that on him. Um, so yeah, and I mean yeah. the furminator is I'll, I have advertisement for furminator. Best oh yeah, so can I. That yeah, that one has um yeah that one saved a lot of time and brushing and a lot of blowout time. <laughs> Helps yeah, reduce the blowout so, time. <laughs> well, and it's amazing because you don't realize how well it looks like a really dorky thing, but it, I'm not yeah. sure it works. It's amazing. It works. Yep. And it means I don't have to vacuum the house every day when Gus is blowing his coat. <laughs> yeah. And I actually okay. bring my terminator with me when I travel. Oh, good. That's awesome. And so, so, should, so should you brush her out before you get on another flight to come home? I brush her out, like, you know, maybe every other day when I'm traveling. Okay. So she's pretty well, yeah. Um, and then just, just on another note, um, when I am traveling with her, you know, you have to bring the food and all of that kind of stuff. So what mm-hmm. I do is I um, take Ziploc bags. And I do a Ziploc bag for every day we're going to be gone. And I put um, I put her food. And then I, I have, of course, I have her paw tree um, uh, paw pairings, which she, she loves on her food. It's like a super food. And so I sprinkle that into the bag. I give her I give her everything that I need goes into that Ziploc bag. Okay. Um, and then, then so I have for every day, I have a Ziploc bag of food, which makes it much easier. And I have um, some really cool, um, like, little foldable bowls that I also bring. So she's all Now, totally do you, always, do you also take extra food in case there's a layover or anything that, that's unexpected? I Something comes up and yeah. you get delayed coming back? Yes. I always bring one extra bag. Okay. Which is the same thing I do for myself for medicine. It's like if Excellent. gosh forbid, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're now back on the we're going back on the plane again. What some of the, and she has her blanket and her pillow, so she knows where she's going to be staying during the flight. Is there anything else that you do with her during flight during the layovers that sort of thing? Um, from when you're going from point A to point B and whatever happens in between with layovers, the length of the flight, that sort of stuff. What else do you do with her? Well, Vivi. Did- it, it, she she knows when when we're traveling, she knows that she doesn't know how long we're going to be traveling for. So she okay. doesn't know if we're doing a you know an hour flight to L.A. or if we're doing a you know ten, a 10 hour flight hours to Europe. Yeah. And a couple of months ago, I was traveling to West Palm Beach, and I had to go from Vegas to Atlanta and Atlanta to West Palm. Well, from Vegas to Atlanta, when we got to Atlanta, there was really bad weather and all the flights were diverted so we were diverted to Columbus and there were like 11 other planes that were diverted to the same airport and they couldn't unload us because there was no way the airport was too small it couldn't accommodate everybody so we were on the plane for another like three and a half hours then we took (gasps) off got to Atlanta so it was a good 13 hour flight and -hmm. and then we went from there to our next flight I stopped and gave Vivi some water, but she was fine until we got to West Palm Beach. So she's pretty amazing. Like, she won't, she's very cautious about taking water, and she rarely will even take a treat when we're traveling. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting interesting how they know that. 
yeah, and I don't know how they know that, but they do. That's interesting. Now, for, for smaller dogs that, you know, maybe their bladders aren't as big, whatever, and they have to go more, and yep. it's, I, I highly suggest that you train the dog on using a pad to go mm-hmm. so that you can take the dog into the bathroom and, and put the pad on the floor, and then they can go. Yeah. Um, so it really depends. You have to know your dog. You kind of want to practice. Um, if, you're, if your service dog has never been on a plane before, you know, maybe practice on a bus or something so that the dog gets used to laying in one place and knowing, you know, how long they can go. Like, I can literally drive from my house to Vail, Colorado with like a 10-hour drive and never stop, except I have to stop for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> would, <laughs> but Dizzy would lay there the whole time and be fine. But of course, <laughs> we do stop because we can. Yeah. Yes, so like our dog, when we drive across country, our dog would tell us every two to two and a half hours, he would start bugging us to stop. And I think it's because he wanted to make sure he left his mark at least twice in every state that we crossed, that we traveled through. And we were like, why is he doing that? And I said, I said, believe it or not, he's probably leaving his scent so he can find his way back home. That's so funny. And that was my but only thought as to why he wanted to do that. Well, he's a male. Vivi's a female, so she doesn't, she doesn't yeah. need to mark her way. <laughs> he's an alpha male too, which makes it even more entertaining. <laughs> but he made sure that we had those breaks, and I was thankful because some of those drives were long. I mean, we were doing eight to nine hours, sometimes ten hours a day, and so it was good to have him as an, ex- him as an excuse to break up that that monotonous of just sitting in a car and driving because it helped keep mm-hmm. us awake and keep us alert. So that in that case, it was really good. Um, okay, so back to flying. So we've now got to our destination, and you've now got to the hotel. What happens when you get to hotels and things? Have you ever had any issues with them, or is there certain things that you know to do beforehand and pre- to prep the hotel that you're bringing in a service dog? Okay, well, um, it's very, very important you have all of your, you know, your paperwork and your documents because, mm-hmm. um, well, for instance, I was just in San Francisco at a hotel, and they don't allow pets, period. And yeah. so they went very thoroughly over Vivi's documents. Um, because mm-hmm. they don't allow, you know, emotional service dogs are not allowed in, a lot, in some hotels. They won't accept mm-hmm. that. So you yeah. really have to have the proof that your dog is a truly trained um, medical service dog um, to show that your dog, that they will allow your dog to be in the um, um, in the hotel, yeah. In the hotel, right. And and I have gone to hotels where they, you know, I'll talk to the front desk and they'll take my paperwork and they'll say, you don't know how many people, you know, will say that their dog's a service dog, but they don't have any paperwork and we won't let them stay here. Yeah. So you need to really make sure that you've done, again, that you've done your research or have Helen do your research for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I would just say way. it would be stupid not to travel with your paperwork to start with in the first place. I mean, it's like trying to, it's like, um, you know, people ask me, well, do I need a passport to travel internationally? Yeah. Why would you not travel with a passport? Um. <laughs> no, exactly. And and so it's it's really important. And, and, you know, some hotels allow pets and they just charge a fee for them that you don't have to pay if you have a service dog, but you have to have 
the proof that your dog really is a service dog. Absolutely. Yeah. And some do- and some hotels too, um, even if they do accept your dog as a, um, coming in as a pet, they have a size requ- they have a size limit on it. Like they'll only take dogs up to thirty pounds and nothing over thirty pounds. We've hit that before with hotels when we were travelling across country with Gus. We would actually call ahead we, we we knew which route we were taking, but in the morning we would decide, oh, okay, so today we're going to drive this long and we're going to stop here for the night. So I would then um, go through the book that we had. It was a AAA book on traveling with pets, and it showed you all the hotels that catered for, um, for pets because Gus is not a service dog. He is a pet, so we have a different requirements to what you have. Um, but we would call ahead and find out if there was a size restriction on because we found out in some hotels that they would only allow us up to a 70-pound dog some were 30 pounds, our dog was 110. Um, you know, there's a big size difference there. So we had to make sure that when we were calling ahead, even if it wasn't specified in the description for the hotel, some of them did specify, some of them didn't. So if they didn't specify, we'd ask if they had a restriction on the size of dogs that we were allowed to bring. Um, okay, and on that note, Helen, before mm-hmm. I got Vivi, before I got Vivi, um, I, you know, I traveled quite a bit with my my last dog who was about 80 pounds and so she was definitely or maybe 75 pounds but she was definitely above the size limit and she Mm -hmm. wasn't a service dog and I would call a lot of hotels do have size requirements but I would call ahead and say she's over it but she's a very well-trained dog if we get there you have a problem you know, after a night, you can kick us out. But I would call the manager and talk to yep. the hotel manager, and I never had a problem. Yep. But, but again, it's calling ahead. It's being honest. And, I mean, one actually one hotel, um, when I checked in, they, their, their um, limit was like 55 pounds. And, um, and when I checked in, they said, well, how, how much does your dog weigh? And I go, a lady never tells her weight. but that was a hotel that was a hotel that um that i had already called ahead and it was there wasn't a problem that's so it's you know it's really it's really you have to really plan extra so that Mm -hmm. you you know you have your plan some hotels will have bowls and dog beds and others don't so you just want to check out I, I do have to say that um, the Starwood hotels are really, really good. So Sheraton's, Weston's um, are excellent for traveling with pets. They're very good about it, but still excellent. always call ahead. Yes, always call ahead. Okay, so um, now a lot of hotels too have policies in place that you're not allowed to leave the dogs unattended in your room, including service dogs. Um, but exactly. If you have a service dog, you're going to be traveling. You're going to be not leaving them in the hotel room anyway. So right. people need to be aware of that. Um, okay, so um, what are some of the things that you've noticed that when you go through immigration, when you're planning the international trips, what, is there any extra documentation that you require? Um, how do you know what they need for the different countries that you travel to? Um, it's really important to check each individual country because every country is different. Um, when I went to Mexico, I had different documentation than when I went to um, Germany. 
And I will, like, I'll go really quickly over the story for when I went to Germany. Um, I, I researched into it very, and I was going to a trade show. So I, I first had to contact the trade show and make sure that they would allow me to bring Vivi into the building. Because, you know, it, everybody always says, oh, Europe is so dog friendly. You can take your dogs everywhere. Well, that's not really true. You have to really do your research. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some places where, hotel, where dogs are very welcome and other places that they're not. Um, when I got, when I looked into Germany, it told me exactly what I needed paperwork-wise. And they said to wait till the last minute to get your paperwork done because it had to be, like, very recent. So I made the appointment with my vet um, for Friday, and I was leaving Monday. And something came up, and I called the vet and said, can I come in Thursday instead of Friday? And they said, sure. And so I went in and then found out that I actually had to send the vet, um, after the vet filled out the documentation, it had to go to some TED vet with the, with the um, U.S. government who had to sign off for it. And thank goodness I had gone in a day early because it took another day. I mean, we used FedEx, so we got it done, but we had to send it off to the head vet who then signed off on it and then sent it back to me. But if I hadn't done that, on Monday I wouldn't have been able to take Vivi with me. So yep. it's really important to find out exactly, and you, you most likely are going to have to get that signature. So you have to make sure that you have enough time to get all of your documentation filled out make a copy of all of that documentation to keep with you just in case. So you have mm-hmm. like two copies, just like you make a copy of your passport and keep exactly. it in a separate spot just in case. Do the same thing with all of your past documentation. You also will need to have an international microchip. So if you haven't shipped your dog, when you chip your dog, chip them with an international microchip. Oh, I um, know about that one. Yeah. And and the rabies shots, some countries require like once a year, some require every two years or so you really have to really have to do your due diligence. Um the embassies and the, the websites, the country websites will have a lot of information on them. That was one thing that interest that I that I found fascinating when I was um doing the research because um you had asked me that question about service dogs on cruise ships, so we did the Facebook Live um, answering that question, and one of the things that I came up when I was doing research for that was about the countries with the rabies shots. A lot of countries don't recognise anything except the 12-month rabies shot. If exactly. you have like a two-year or three-year, they don't recognise that. It has to be a yearly rabies shot. So I found that kind of interesting. I thought, well, what's the difference? You know, why won't they accept the two or three-year one? So obviously there's something in there. Um, and then now the other question I have too is that. There are some countries that will quarantine animals as they're coming into the country, um, and they're quarantined for a certain amount of time. How does that work with a service dog? With a service dog, most of the time there is a way around it. For instance, Hawaii quarantines, but with a service dog, as long as you have all the documentation, your dog won't be quarantined. Um, Everybody used to tell me that to go to England, the dogs would be quarantined, but they're not. You can actually fly into England with your dog as long as it's chipped correctly, has all its correct injections and the documentation, and your dog can walk right off the plane with you. Or if it's under the plane because it can't go on the plane with you, can still walk right off the plane with you. It doesn't have to go through any special um, quarantine. 
So are there any flights that you've been on where Vivi's had to be in the cargo area, or has she always been at your feet when you fly? No, she's always been with me. At okay. my feet, or when I when we went to Germany, I um, we were upgraded to first class, and that turned into a bed. And it, I had done all the measurements so Vivi could lay underneath the bed. On the flight, I knew she would fit, but as soon as the bed came up, Vivi decided that's where she was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so she probably slept on your feet at that point, or did she take over the whole thing and you slept on the floor? <laughs> well, you know, the beds are pretty big, and I'm not that big, so yeah, she did take that's most true. of the foot space, but, but yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> She was like, huh, this one looks more comfy than under the bed. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, and I know those beds are pretty big because my husband's six foot five, and I know that when we were flying in New Zealand and we were in their business class area, which is equivalent to first class on a lot of areas, they have the lay, be- the lay flat. They don't have first class. They call it business class. So when you're in their business class area, their beds lay flat, and their beds were six foot seven. So my husband wouldn't have allowed, had any room for Vivi to get up there on there with him. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm only five one, so there was there was definitely room for. Oh, me. she definitely had room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've covered. Um, so it, so basically, what's come out of this is that it is extremely important to do your research, have the documentation, have all your documentation in order, make sure your vet records are in order, and that one with especially if you're traveling internationally to have them internationally microchipped. That one I didn't know, and that one never came up in any of the research that I did when I was looking at cruise ships. What about the international microchip? That never came yeah, up they, in any of the research have, I was doing. They have to have that. Yeah. So do your due diligence. So if you're going to be traveling with a service dog, you really do have to plan your, your trip well in advance to make sure that you've got time to talk with the airlines about what their requirements are. Talk to the hotel about what your requirements are and if you're meeting their requirements. Um, and you have to remember that when you're traveling, you know, in, in the States here, we have the American Disability Association that makes sure that hotels are compliant with a lot of stuff for, um, for those that are disabled in any way, including those traveling with service dogs. Those requirements don't, don't um, apply when you're traveling overseas because every country mm-hmm. has their own standards. That's absolutely correct. And then another thing is just as when I was in Germany, the hotel charges for service dogs. So Ooh. and and that's you know so and it was expensive. It was like thirty five or forty pound euros a day. Um, but when I got there, I was staying at the Meridian. And when I got there, I spoke to the manager, the front desk manager, and they said, you know, it's really interesting that you guys charge because in the United States they don't charge for service dogs. And he said, well, we're a U.S. Com- company, so we're not going to charge you for your dogs. Um, but but that was just luck. I had been fully prepared to pay the fee, but I just brought yeah. it up with them. So you know, if you're, it, I think one of the really important things is always be nice. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. that sounds like common sense, but always be nice and and talk to you know people, and and don't expect, but it never hurts to ask or bring up a question that you have in a nice way. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, is there anything else that we have? I mean, we've covered going through security. We've covered um, the internet, the documentation you need to go internationally. We've covered in-flight. We've covered hotels. Um, 
and it's just important to do the due diligence, plan well in advance, um, find out what the requirements are for the countries that you're going to, um, what documentation you need for hotels, for airlines, for the um, for the countries that you're travelling to. Um, that's a lot of document. I mean, does he does does he have her own passport? <laughs> No, but she should have her own frequent flyer mile. Um, <laughs> actually, Ellen, one more really quick tip. Um, uh-huh. I, when when I travel, I always assume that my suitcase might get lost. So okay. in, carry-on, in my carry-on, I always have, like, all of my medications for I, – I actually bring all my medications in my carry-on, but I also make sure that I have one night's food for Vivi, just in case. Okay. So that's just another thing is make sure that, you know, anything that you need, including your food for your dog for at least one night, have in your carry-on. Great tip. That is an awesome tip to remember. Oh, and one more tip. One more (laughs) tip. Find out where there is an emergency um, vet or something like that near where you're going to be. Because if, God forbid, something does happen, you don't want to be in, well, especially if you're international, you don't want to be in a foreign country and not know where to take your dog. That is a really good well, one. Cat. And now, um, along that line, is that something that you have to research yourself or is that something you could ask your vet or is there a website that you can go to that has reputable vets in those countries? Yeah, in a lot of cases, your vet, won't know, but they might be able to give you some kind of a certification as far mm-hmm. as what kind of certification that a vet should have or how to look for it. So always ask okay. that first. And then the next thing you might do is write to the hotel that you're staying at and ask them if they know of a vet nearby or ask the concierge at the hotel. Another thing that is that if you're if your dog is not, let's say you're traveling with a dog that's not a service dog, um, you can ask the vet, I mean, not the vet, ask the hotel if there's some place near the hotel um, where you can take, like, a doggy daycare kind of a place or um, if, I mean, there's so many organizations. Like, let's say you're going to Disneyland and you're bringing your, your pet with you, not a service dog. Uh-huh. Um, there, you, you can look up places where you can have your pet day while you're at the park. Yep, absolutely. So I, you know, because I used to travel with my with my dog before I got busy, and I would research and find some place where she could, somebody who could babysit for her while yeah. I was, you know, doing whatever I was doing. Yeah, because hotels will not allow you to leave the dogs by themselves in their rooms, even if they're crated. No, they won't. But sometimes the concierge at the hotel can find a hotel employee that is willing to work for it, do you know to take care of your dog yeah so it's just it's basically what it comes down to is researching before you go so that you know anything that could go wrong you've planned and you know how you're going to take care of it because you just don't mm-hmm. want to arrive where you're going and then be like oh my gosh what am I going to do with my pet yeah exactly exactly Wow, that's a lot of really great information. Thank you. Okay, so all right, we've covered. So just a abbreviate. We'll always make sure you got to plan ahead. Make sure you got all your documentation in order um, that you'll need for the airlines, the hotel, the immigration, um, 
plan ahead your food, you've got to plan ahead. You really do have to plan ahead when you're taking a service dog with you because there are so many different requirements required because they are an animal than when just a human traveling internationally needs with like a visa or a passport. Um, so it really comes down to planning ahead and knowing what information you need instead of being surprised and like you said, making sure you know where there's a, a reputable vet nearby. Um, I would, and the international chip thing, I mean that one's just new for me. Um, and carrying the extra dot and carrying the one night of food with you in case your bags should get lost. I mean that's sort of, is there any other tips that you can think of for traveling with a service dog that we haven't covered yet? Yes, actually, I just thought of another one. When I went to Mexico, um, I was informed that I could not bring open dog food with me, that I had, I had to be a sealed bag. So I, I had to buy a, you know, a small bag of food for her so that it, I wouldn't have a problem when I got there going through customs. Oh, interesting. So That's you also one. want to check what the rules are as far as bringing dog food into the country. Still always bring that extra bag in your carry-on. The worst thing that happens is they take it away. Um, yep. Uh, another thing is depending on your dog, you because water is different everywhere. That was going to be my might, next question. What do you do with water? <laughs> I, I always give her bottled water. Yeah, because that was going to be my thing. Because I know that there's places that where that you go to um, where they say don't drink the water out of the tap. Always drink bottled water, sealed by you know by the water. Make sure it's sealed before you drink it. So I was about to ask you when you were talking about the dog food. I thought water. So I was waiting for you to finish that so I could ask you that. So that was good that you came back with the bottled water. Yeah, always bottled water. Does that apply when you're traveling within the states as well? Yeah, everywhere. Because, yeah. because one of the things that I learned in researching was that, you know, water in every municipality is different. And uh -huh. if your dog's drinking a certain water at home, then the water where she goes or he goes could affect them. So you're better off just using bottled water. Yeah, that was one thing that we learned. In fact, that was in the book that we had um, with, the, with the list of hotels for pets as we're traveling across the U.S. with Gus is that that was one of the, the tips that they had in there was um, on the trip, just dr give them this, and if you can, the same brand of bottled water. So we had to look for, see which brands were nationwide, so we knew that wherever we went, we could pick up that particular bottle of water. And we would get like the five-gallon, was it the five-gallon container or whatever it was? They had the little spout mm -hmm. on it. So we would get that and we would take that and we would mark it that that was Gus's water. Um, and so we would take that across the country with us and just pick up new ones at the at the markets as we were going across. Um, for that same reason, is that the waters are treated differently in different in different places, so to prevent any upsets on the trip, because we're also doing a road trip as well. So to prevent any upsets on the road trip, keep the water consistent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite. I just give Vivi whatever bottled water I buy wherever I am. And mm -hmm. we haven't had a problem, but it's always bottled water. Yeah, always bottled water. Any other little hints and tips? Probably, but right now I think that's about <laughs> that's pretty much it. Sandy, you have given us a wealth of information today about the experience of traveling with Vivi, who is a service dog. So all the hits, all the tips that you have given us today have come through personal experience. So I just want people to know this is not the black and white version of what you need to do when traveling with a service dog. 
This is Sandy's personal experience from traveling with her service dog of what she has found out as she goes. There are many websites out there, but um, if you want to see what you need to do with, um, with a dog on a cruise ship, go back to our Facebook page, the Have to Cruise, uh, facebook.com forward slash Have to Cruise, and check out our, um, our Facebook Live that we did on that. There's information on there. But like, she, but like Sandy says, you've got to research before you go. Your travel professional can help you so far, but a lot of the research is going to be down to you. What does the country require, the country you're traveling to, what are the requirements there? What are the hotel requirements? What are the airline requirements? If you're going on a cruise ship, what documentation do they require? What will they provide you on board the cruise ship for your dog for a relief area? All of that sort of information. So this is stuff that you have to do, and do your due diligence. Don't just rely on one person to provide you with all the information. Um, Sandy, you have given us so much great information today. I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. This is just awesome, the amount of information, just based on your personal experiences um, that you have given us today. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Helen, Anytime. <laughs> I just hope and get anyone has and. You know, if anybody has any further questions, um, then if they contact you and you can just put them in touch with me, I'd be happy to help out. Absolutely. So if you do have questions about traveling with your service dog, then please feel free to give a, to contact us. Just go to connectwithhelen.com and you can set up a time to talk with us and we can put you in touch with um, with Sandy or you can go to our Facebook page on Facebook there, the facebook.com forward slash have to cruise and um, private message us that way and we can put you in contact with her that way as well. So thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. I hope that um, you have safe travels. Until next time, hey Conera. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.